Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Center Stage. All things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. Oh, my gosh. There are such great things things coming uh, right here to the Twin Cities and beyond here in the great state of Minnesota. Tonight we're going to start with artistic director Caleb McEwen, who is from the Brave New Workshop. I am so glad that you guys are back, man. Really, you are back at it and with um, Back to Workshop, your first show is called Back to Workshop or Everything's Fine. Welcome, Caleb. You got to tell me what this name is all about, Back to Workshop or Everything's Fine. (laughs) Hello, Gerilyn. I am excited to be back as well, and it is so great to talk to you. Uh, The show is about what everyone is experiencing, and that's trying to get back to normal. And the workshop, of course, was closed by executive order back at the beginning of the pandemic, and this is the first show back since that time. So we are very excited to be into production again and having live audiences in the house. We had a fantastic opening night last night. And the show centers around people trying to get back to normal, but the fact that everyone has had a different experience over the last couple of years and everyone is dealing with it in different ways. And we try to find all of the humor in that. You know, finding the humor in anything right now during this whole COVID two years, uh, two and a half years, it's been really remarkable. But we are back. It really feels like it's normal again. What are you hearing from the audience that came in last night? The audience had a fantastic time, uh, and I think that everyone found something that they can identify with in the show. And just like you said, it has been really hard to find humor in a lot of the things that have been happening, but that's what the Brave New Workshop has been doing for over six decades. We take things that are difficult and we find the humor in them so that everyone can deal with them just a little bit more effectively. You know, when uh, Dudley Riggs started the theater way back in 1958, his whole point was that he wanted people to laugh and he wanted people to think. And he thought that if he could get enough people together in a room and get them laughing, they would be more comfortable addressing things that maybe were tough subjects. So it's a fun show, and we are excited to have people back in the theater and enjoying a live experience together once again. And you have a new partnership with Hennepin Theater Trust, correct? That is correct, yes. So it's exciting to know that you guys are working with them. They are expanding. They have so many theaters right now. I believe it's either four or Mm -hmm. five theaters, and uh, it's exciting that you guys are a part of that. Has it changed you in any way yet? Well, uh, it is, of course, an honor to be the jewel in the crown of all of those theaters for the Hennepin Theater Trust. I think really everything they have done up to this point has been uh, leading up to adding the Brave New Workshop as part of all of that. You know, not to not to be too uh, facetious right now, but <laughs> it has been a lot of fun and uh, it is uh, it is exciting. You know, it, it opens up so many more possibilities 
And the biggest thing is, is that we want people to be able to enjoy theater, enjoy the arts, and uh, be a part of this community. You know, we have um, gotten used to, uh, during this hour, uh, hearing about shows that are doing well, but they're only going to stay in town or they're only going to be in the theater for like three weeks. And it's amazing that you guys are doing this piece all the way through Saturday, August 6th. Um, and I'm just curious to know, as to artistic director, when you made this decision, were you concerned about it? Did you think it might be too long or too short? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that the Brave New Workshop has run 52 weeks a year throughout its history. So Mm -hmm. we have always run shows for a long time. And in fact, this run is shorter than a lot of the runs that we were doing previous to the pandemic. Uh, So number one, this isn't unusual for us. This is something that we have done in the past and Uh, One thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is that the Brave New Workshop is doing shows every single weekend. I think people look at downtown theater and they think, well, there are these big tours. They come in and they're here for a week or two and it's some group from out of town. But this is something that is created in Minnesota by Minnesotans. It is a national landmark, the oldest, longest running comedy theater in America, and it's happening every single weekend. And, you know, I think that people need to know that that is an option. That is something that you can do any weekend. You can come to downtown Minneapolis and enjoy some of the best comedy the nation has to offer that is created right here on your very doorstep. Exactly. And of course, Brave New Workshop is a staple here in this state and beyond. And, you know, to even think that you guys could possibly like go away (laughs) again is absolutely frightening. I mean, you have a a brand that people love and the audience, I'm sure, has told you, please keep going. Please keep going. And hopefully you are Mm -hmm. inspiring others to keep going as well. Um, Are you having relationships with other theaters about the size of yours? Of course, your brand is so different from other theaters, but I'm just curious to know now that we're all together again are you starting relationships new relationships with even some of the old friends that you um, had before as part of brave new workshop as far as getting to know people and know what they're doing and supporting them and then supporting you as well that is always a goal yes you know we want to be a part of this community and you know to be very honest with you what we have been doing most recently is just trying to get our operations going again after having been gone for a while right. uh, so that has been a focus but now that the show is up and running establishing those relationships both within the Hennepin Theater Trust and the larger Minneapolis arts community is a big priority for us it mm-hmm. is something that we look forward to doing and uh, yeah the the point is not just for us to be successful and to stick around, we want the tide to raise all boats. And we want this to be a vibrant, successful, enjoyable arts community for everyone. We want the tides to buoy all of them. It's just so beautiful, beautifully said. Um, I am curious, last question, what about your cast? Were you able to hold on to the cast that all of us, many of us know a lot about? Uh, the exciting thing is, is that the cast that is performing this show is the cast that was performing the last show when it was closed. So okay. it's like we picked up right where we left off. Uh, it is all new material in this show, but the artists have all come back and we are very excited and honored by that. 
Well, Back to Workshop or Everything's Fine is still playing. It's going to go all the way through Saturday, August 6th of this year uh, at 824 Hennepin Avenue. Um, and is that in the in the State Theater office? Um, or no. is that in no, your building, in the building that you had or have? It is the same place where the Brave New Workshop has been since 2012. It is across the street from the State awesome. Theater. And, awesome. and might I say, just much more regal. It is just a, a bigger, more a regal experience being in the Brave New Workshop space. Anyone who's been in the workshop space, of course, knows that I am joking at this point. We are a smaller, <laughs> more intimate theater. But... We are right across the street from the state and easy to find. So, Caleb McEwen, it's been a pleasure to speak with you tonight. And I love your um, positivity, the way you feel about it all. You know that you are back, and we are grateful that you are back. Artistic Director of the Brave New Workshop, Caleb McEwen, thank you again for joining us tonight. Thank you, Gerilyn. Take care. My goodness, I got to get over there and see this show. <laughs> All right, coming up next is Amy Kwanbeck. Do you know her? Have you heard of her? Yeah, she grew up right here in Plymouth, and we're going to talk about what? Moulin Rouge. We'll be back. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Ooh, you know this song, right? You love it as much as I do. I don't even know what it all means, but I know what some of it means. Yeah, so that's the only reason why I don't sing that song. But I will tell you this. I am so excited tonight to talk about a show that is coming on Wednesday. It opens on Wednesday the 18th. We're talking Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Now, I don't know about you, but I loved this movie by Baz Luhrmann. And I am telling you, I was watching it all the time. I had a chance to see it in the theaters. I, I had a chance to see it on television. I just... I love this show. So for, for it to come, you don't have to ask me, am I going? I am absolutely going to go because it is remarkable. Remember this? Truth, beauty, freedom, love. Welcome to Moulin Rouge. I remember them talking truth and beauty and freedom and love throughout the movie, and it just really moved me. Well, guess who's joining us tonight? The um, Amy Kwanbeck, and she grew up in Plymouth and attended Wyzetta High School and danced her way throughout the Metro and Minnesota Dance Theater, Genesis Dance Company, Summit Dance Shop, and Plymouth Playhouse, and in the Radio City Christmas Spectacular as a youth. Uh, she went on to perform in productions like Wicked, The Share Show, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Welcome, Amy. It is so great to have you join us tonight. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to, to be talking with you. Well, it's a pleasure. You are the dance captain, if I'm not right. And is it swing that you, you work with? the um, you, You're in it and you also work with others, right? Yeah, so as the dance captain, my job is to uphold the integrity of all the choreography in the show by watching and noting, and that could include creating and running lift calls. We have a very partner-heavy show, and I would teach understudies and other swings the choreography to go in into their new roles that they cover. 
And the other part of my job is being a swing, which means that I'm not on stage full time, but that I'm ready to go on for the six heels tracks, as well as Arabia or Nini in case they were to be out for a vacation or an injury or a sickness or anything else. Having one of our own be a part of this as a dance captain, we're really just proud of you, first of all. And second of all, this is happening at the Orpheum Theater, of course, um, and uh, the Bank of America Broadway on Hennepin season. And this is opening on Wednesday, and it goes through June 5th. Um, when you come, when all of them come into town and, and come to make this happen, it is quite remarkable how quickly it happens. So tell me how long you've been rehearsing, or are you just getting started? I mean, your yeah, part. So we... Of course. So as a show, you know, we started rehearsals in February in uh, New York City and had a rehearsal process there and then went to Chicago. And that was our first stop on tour, but it was also where we checked the show. So we got to go through the process of getting everyone, the lights focused and having the show switch from a rehearsal mode to a stage mode, which spacing might change, choreography and directing choices change. And so we went through a preview process as well, where we have audiences and the creative team gets feedback as to things that work and things that they want to work on. And so we got to have that process in Chicago. And meanwhile, while that's all happening, the, those of us that are not on stage are rehearsing backstage or in the rehearsal room and trying to prep ourselves so that inevitably when we go on, we feel prepared and confident. And so now the show has been running, I think we've had something like 70 shows thus far uh, in Chicago. And so while it will be our first performance in Minneapolis, it will, you know, we've, we've now gotten to see what this show is and how awesome it can be. And it'll obviously be a little bit different as far as backstage. There's some traffic that might change and our new local crew members that we are always so grateful to have will learn the show and help facilitate you know, the backstage magic and the costume changes and the wig changes and all of that. So that will kind of be trained. They're there already in Minneapolis working on that, loading the show into the theater and really doing all of that legwork so that when we arrive, we can run a couple of moments and then otherwise put on a great show starting Wednesday. I was so excited to have you join me tonight as the dance captain, because here's the thing. The movie itself was overwhelmingly, I mean, part of it was dancing, right? I mean, it was (laughs) throughout the entire piece. And so to know that these dances are going to be on stage, have you had to make certain adjustments when it comes to how the the dancers will move? Or um, are you doing it just like it was in the film? You know, I think the what's incredible about this show is that it, beautifully honors and uh, pays almost like homage to the the movie and what people love about the movie and takes a really beautiful new take on like what this show can mean to this generation and how the choreography can feel innovative and new. And also, again, like I mentioned, like pay tribute to what it was. And Sonia Tai's choreography is challenging and dynamic and sensual and ferocious and it's really a joy to do on stage, and it's, it's, it's exciting to watch. Are, do you know if this is for young people, or what is the age of, uh, of children that can come and see this particular piece at the historic Orpheum Theater? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a spectacle. And so even if the concepts are adult-appropriate, uh, the mm-hmm. excitement of the show and the colors and the story is still all about 
some really beautiful and grounded concepts and, and based on those pillars. And I had one of my really sweet students um, come see the show and she's seven and loved it and had a great time. And honestly, I think some of the stuff went over her head. And then otherwise, she just really loved, like what you said, the exciting dancing and the spectacle and the um, extravagant beauty that of this world that our designers created so that when you step into the theater, you really feel like you're transported. That's what I'm looking forward to. I really hope I have that same feeling when I watch the movie. I don't expect it to be the same, but I am just so excited that it came. It's, it's coming to, to Minneapolis. This is so awesome. I am telling everyone I can think of, please go and see Moulin Rouge. (laughs) So I hope I get to meet you afterwards. Um, I'll be there, I think on the 20th and I'm looking forward to meeting you, Amy. Um, And and knowing that you are one of our own here in the Twin Cities and um, lived in and and worked, uh, went to school at Wyzetta High School. I'm telling you, we're, we're always so proud. We just stand a little taller when it's one of our own. So I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Thank you. I'm so excited. I feel so proud to bring this show back and have it feel a little bit like my homecoming because I've not played the Orpheum or performed in Minnesota as an adult. And so to come back, especially with a, such an incredible piece and group of people is really exciting. And it, I feel proud on both sides. I feel proud to show off Minnesota and where I grew up and where I love and where my family and friends are and also proud of the show that I get to share with my community. Amy Kwanbeck, it was such a pleasure to have you on tonight. Dance Captain, doing swing and so much more. Thank you again for joining us tonight. Thank you, Jolene. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. The interesting thing, you guys, about this particular piece, those that don't really know a whole lot about it, is that it's set in Paris uh, at the turn of the 20th century. I mean, think about that. And that's amidst the glamorous, garnish, and gaudy underworld of the Moulin Rouge. And I had a chance to visit Moulin Rouge in Paris um, when I was there, and I went by myself. And I cannot tell you, it really is how they describe it, <laughs> right? Um, so I'm excited to see it um, and to, you know, reminisce on my time that one night at Moulin Rouge. It, um, there were things I expected to happen that didn't happen. And then there were things that happened that just blew my mind. So if you ever are in Paris, you know, get together, find someone. Even if you go by yourself, I found a whole group of women from Texas. And to tell you the truth, what was really strange, I went over to say, hello, I'm from Minnesota. Where are you guys from? And one of them said, you sound like a woman that's on that. What's that show? Prairie something. And I said, Prairie Home Companion. They said, yeah, her name is Steely or something. And they knew who I was. And I cried because I was by myself. I was so excited to meet some people from our country in Paris to go see Moulin Rouge. So when you go, check it out and I'll see you at the Orpheum Theater, hopefully soon. All right, we'll take a break and come back with our next guest, Chris Castino, and he's going to join us to talk about his new release coming up this week at the Ice House. I know you're wondering who is this that's singing right now, right? Well, his name is Chris Castino, and on his website it says that he started playing in the Minnesota-based jam band, The Big Woo, when he was only 19 years old, and they became a national touring act by 1998. And craziness ensued for close to a decade, and he is joining us tonight releasing a brand new um, album, and I'm sure he is very excited to talk about it. How are you, Chris? 
Oh, I'm Miss Gerilyn. It's first of all, it's a it's a pleasure and an honor to be talking with you. You're uh, you're one of my favorites, and and I know we only have a few minutes, but I wish I could talk to you for much longer. So, um, thank you for uh, thank you for playing some of my bluegrass music. Um, yeah, that's what I've been doing lately. Is that? Yeah, I was going to ask you that because you've kind of delved into uh, different genres of music over your career. Am I correct with that? You are. Yeah, you are correct. Um, the Big Woo um, has been around for quite a long time, and we we uh, we did, as you said, we toured um, you know coast to coast for for a good few years, and um, you know I would call that a jam band. Uh, an yeah. Americana jam band to be specific. And mm. we, we have that, I think the common denominator with that band was our love of the Grateful Dead. Now, before people think uh, anything, make any value judgments about us as fans of the Grateful Dead, hold on, because really it was the the Grateful Dead's ability to take from the musical history of our country, really, and take different things and incorporate them into their own original music. And, you know, um, Lord knows they played and toured, you know, for forever. So right. um, I really loved, I really loved their ability to play <clears throat> folk music, rock music, um, ragtime, uh, blues, you know, uh, all that stuff, they were really good. Jerry Garcia was really good. So, um, and it, at synthesizing those styles, and so that's what drew me in. And the Big Woo, I think, with uh, some of the songs that I, I wrote, tried to do that. We we were always playing different kinds of music that we liked, just as a just for the the, the pleasure of it and the challenge of it. So. Um, so I've been able to write a, many different um, in many different genres over the years. And the bluegrass one is my latest endeavor. You know, it's interesting. I never really understand what Americana is. It keeps changing when I talk to different artists. So bluegrass is definitely a part of Americana. But what else is a part of Americana? How do you how do you uh, see being called Americana? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I agree with you. It does change, and it's a little confusing, but I think all music genres um, can be difficult. But here's what I will say. I actually don't know if I would put bluegrass into Americana necessarily because I do think Americana music is contemporary music that draws on roots music, such as uh, blues, bluegrass, Mm -hmm. folk even of course jazz music and its solid roots too really and, um yeah even even r&b even early r&b uh what? i think finds its way into into americana i do i think it is like i said i think it's a combination it's it's groups that can combine those things now that people might not agree with me because you will see um, artists that are more mainstream, like kind of country, and they'll be solidly in the Americana genre. But to, right. I guess I'm just saying that it, to me, that's what that's what I mean when I say Americana. I don't know what other people mean, maybe. 
Yeah, I don't know either, but thank you so much for giving us your thoughts on that. Um, you know, I'm curious about this, this, this new album of yours and to talk about how releasing that, what it feels like after all of these years of working in these bands and coming up with music. I'm just curious to know, what was that process like for you this time? Um, well, it, it's, uh, it, I, I've been on a journey of trying to do more in the studio and work on my studio game. Um, for so long, the Big Woo actually only recorded about, you know, five or six studio records throughout our, you know, 20 years of, of being mm-hmm. professional. Um, but we played a lot. We played thousands of shows as you, as you have. And, um, so the, uh, playing, recording music is something I really wanted to do more of. And then certainly when, um, when COVID happens, then I saw that as an opportunity opportunity to do something and i thought it would be writing music and as i I i've said to other people it's like the writing music took it really takes a lot of my soul and focus and during covid my kids were at home and i didn't have that focus um to really to sit down and write there was so many distractions everything was so new and different as we all know so i thought well i want to do something uh and okay let's record um, and, and as much, as much as the logistics of recording was, was challenging, you know, we were getting tested. This was pre the bluegrass record was pre, um, vaccination. So we had to be careful. And, uh, but it was, such but a you great did it from all of it. Yeah. We did and it. you did yeah. it. You absolutely did it. And so here you are on May 19th, Thursday, May 19th. Um, you're going to be performing at the ice house, awesome location and uh, awesome place. Uh, $25 in advance, $30 day of show 5 PM. The show, uh, doors open 8 PM is showtime. And it's for all ages. Now I, from the album that you uh, recorded, someone that I really, really care about. I think she is wonderful. I worked with her at More Creative Talent and her name is Jill Michelson and I think she has a fabulous voice and I know she, I believe she was part of your album as well, correct? Yeah, she was. So, thank you. Yeah, I love Jill so much. Um, yeah, and, and uh, she was, I think she said she was your agent for a moment. As she was. She my was. Agent at More Creative as well. My, no my dad. kidding! Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow, he was, um, my my uh, my parents were um, in the nightclub scene in the seventies and late sixties. The Edgewater Eight and um, played at places like the Steamboat Inn and McGuire's, and these are all these old clubs and, and these nightclubs in around town. But yeah, Jill is Jill's the best. Um, she recorded on the album Brazil, so this is before the bluegrass. So the right. the album I'm finally releasing on Thursday is the album that was supposed to drop essentially the the week that everything got shut down in 2020. Wow. Um, the Bluegrass record is what I did in the meantime, but this is the record that never came out. So we're very excited. Jill will be there. We're very excited to finally Oh, play Jill will be there music. too. I might have to stop on in, dude, and check oh, it out. <laughs> so you must be so excited that it's finally time for this album. And um, now that you've released it, how do you feel about it? Do you say, okay, I'm going back into the studio and start recording immediately? Or do you say, I'm taking a break? I, you know, I love the studio so much. I've grown to love it. And, uh, the challenges are, I, I love to take on, but, uh, it's been so long since we've been able to perform. Right. I mean, I, it right. kind of, I kind of want to do that right now. 
Right. Uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can. Let's do that for a while. Yeah, I just love performing, um, and it was really tough during COVID. So I want to say congratulations to you, Chris. Um, again, the album release show is this week at Ice House on Thursday, May 19th, um, $25 in advance, $30 day of show, 5 p.m. the doors open, 8 p.m. the show starts to happen. And it's for all ages. You can bring your teenagers out, even your small ones if you want to. Do I have that right, Chris? Yeah, we. I, my, I think my kids will be there if they. That'll uh, be awesome. Yeah, they. Awesome. Yes, they will. They will. Well, congratulations on this album finally getting it out there, and uh, I look forward to meeting you one day, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, tonight. thank you, thank you so much, Geraldine. I appreciate it. You take care. And of course, for those of you listening, if you want to know more about Chris Castino, just go to chriscastino.com. That's spelled C-H-R-I-S for Chris and C-A-S-T-I-N-O for castino.com. We'll be back. The album is called In It to Win It, and the song you're listening to is called Idle Down. The artist, Becky Capel. If you don't know who she is, she is celebrating her new Americana album with special guests um, Faith Boblet and uh, Turn, Turn, Turn. So how about that? This is all happening on Saturday, May 21st at 7.30 p.m. at the Turf Turf Club at 1601 University Avenue West, St. Paul. And she's joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Welcome, Becky. Hi there. Hey, now, how you doing with your new album coming out? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, really right? Exciting. You know, to yeah. any musician or singer, let me tell you, it feels so good to release what is in your heart. And um, I'm yes, just wondering what you your know. process is like when you finally say, okay, I've got the songs I want to do. I've created them. I know what I want to do with it, and let's do it. How, how does that process go for you? Well, it's, it's, much, it's very gradual. Um, it, it, there's no um, hard and fast decisions. My, actually, all three records I've made now have been sort of a, um, recorded really over a couple years' time, and this one was no different. Um, and, and most of this one was recorded over COVID, but... I don't think if it hadn't been COVID, I don't think we would have done it any faster. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Well, you are releasing uh, this anticipated new album called In It to Win It. How did you get to that title? Uh, Well, it is one of the um, tracks on the record, song called In It to Win It. Um, And the the line from that song that, uh, that that comes from is, if there's a prize being given to the biggest fool, I'm in it to win it. It's what I do. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So that's pretty good. Really, yeah. So that's, uh, that's sort of the story of my life. <laughs> well, it says here, the release is a perfect mix of tender country, vibey grooves, and classic rock and roll. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It's, um, I, I love country music and that's, and I, uh, and that's, kind of my true love and kind of where I started out from. But, you know, as you're, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an old country music um, artist. So when I write songs now, they kind of, they, they, they tend to have morphed into more of a, um, I guess more like an early rock and roll sound really in, in some ways, but I'm not going for that, but I think it just kind of, kind of sounds that way. So yeah. A nice yeah, vibe. when it comes out of us, it just comes out of us. It kind of su- surprises yeah. us, right? All of a sudden, we'll sing yep. something. I go, "Oh my gosh, where did that come from?" Right? So here you yeah. are. Oh, absolutely. 
You started late in life uh, learning uh, guitar and moving forward with what you, who you are and what you wanted to do. And I'm just curious to know about, um, do you still have the same love for the guitar that you did at 42? Oh, well, when I was 42, I did not have a great love for it. I just, I just had picked it up and was strumming badly and trying to teach myself um, a few chords. And um, I always say I, I knew that if I learned G, C, and D, that I could play almost anything I wanted. So uh, I learned those three first. And I really just started playing guitar just to accompany. I liked, I've always loved to sing. And uh, when I was much younger, I did sing in, um, in a, a few bands. Um, but then gave all that up when I you know, had kids and a full-time job and all that sort of thing. So um, my son was a guitar player as a teenager, and it just sort of inspired me to go, yeah, I, I, I forgot about music. And so I started just strumming and that's how um, melodies came into my head, and then I and then words came into my head, and yes, like you say, it just kind of happens to you sometimes. Sometimes, and that is exactly what happened. So I'm yeah. not very well, prolific you... as a songwriter anymore, but um, but um, they still come through me every once in a while. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've been plenty of them came through you because here you are releasing uh, a new album. So tell us what has been yeah. your favorite part of releasing the album, building all of the songs, writing the songs. You went back and even retrieved a few other songs um, that you had written, and here you are about to release it. So that has got to be so exciting. Is there anything that's unnerving for you as an artist with a brand new album? coming out well i think you know in a way it's it's funny the the thing that's most unnerving to me is if i feel like i don't give it its due diligence and so i'm really happy to be um well i've been working with ellen stanley who i think you know and she's she's just really helped Mm -hmm. me kind of focus on on you know getting the word out which is what we're talking about right now um and and you know and and uh and so that that is i'm glad that i'm pushing through and doing that because, you know, sometimes you put a lot of effort into a record and then it just kind of, you know, sits and not everybody, you know, a lot of people don't get to hear it. And so I'm just, I'm just hoping people get to hear it mostly. And, yeah. and, uh, most of my siblings um, write uh, write songs, and I am one that doesn't. I wrote one song in my entire life, right? But I make up songs yeah, no all the time, and I keep saying I should really do something with that. Um, when you say to yourself, okay, this is about to come out, and I'm going to have a ball, who do you want on stage with you? The band members, other singers. Tell me, tell me what putting it all together is like. Well, um, the band members in this case are um, mostly – um, guys that I've played with um, for the past, you know, few years, but um, also uh, not everybody that played on the record is um, is going to be on stage, but um, but a bunch of them. So I've got uh, Paul Burgeon is um, plays guitar with me and has for um, past um, few years, and he actually produced the record and my last record as well. Meaning that he's the one that really came up with the sound, um, his guitar work that he that he puts on. Um, you know, that he does is just kind of really defines, I think, my sound. So, so without him, I'm nothing. But <laughs> yeah, I understand. But let me tell you, people are really looking at you and saying, hey, she's amazing. And you're not just up and coming. People are really excited about your album. So congratulations to you, Becky. I really wish you well. Um, do you have a big event coming up here? I think we talked about Turf Club and that is on May yep, 21st 30. at 730. Are there still tickets available? 
Yes, there are. And it's going to be a great night. Yes. Um, Faith Boblet and Turn, Turn, Turn are going to be um, opening the night. And it's just it's going to be a really fun, fun show. So, yes, there are tickets. And I think they're $15 ahead of time and probably 20 at the door. Well, have the time of your life because you did this. You did this. Congratulations, darling. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome, Becky. I look forward to having you on again. You take care of yourself. All right. You too, Darlene. All right. Thanks All a lot. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. That kind of wraps it up for um, Center Stage. But can I just say very quickly that it is amazing that we have all of this amazing talent right here in the great state of Minnesota. That's it for us for Center Stage. Of course, Michael Battle is going to join us tonight in the 10 o'clock hour for the Mom and Michael Hour. You do not want to miss it. So stay tuned. We're going to have a blast. Jonathan, you're going to get in on this too, dude. (laughs) We'll be back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 